Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for recurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. My first grader was behind in reading, and this program has made a huge difference. She's now reading above grade level. I use it for my kids' nightly reading for school. We love it, and it's super easy and quick to do. My kid, who just turned four years old and has been using the program since January of this year, can now read. Thank you so much, Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word KID to 323232 right now. It's fast and easy. Text KID to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text the word KID to 323232. Text KID to 323232. All X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. To find out about the programming that we have available for you, 724-365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit xzbn.net. And for the programming that we have on the Exxon TV channel, on Simul TV, visit www.simultv.com. And speaking about Simul TV, I'd like to welcome HD55 TV in Los Angeles, uh, who are now getting the Exxon TV channel. And in India, the Exxon TV channel is now being seen by 10 million homes. So there you go. Thanks to you, the members of the Exxon Nation. We are continuing to grow. 
ExoNation, my guest this hour is uh, Professor George Schwimmer. And after 30 years as a theater director and college professor, George uh, turned into writing. He has written 22 books, several screenplays, and three stage plays, including Oh, The Legend of Lee Harvey Oswald. His book, Doppelganger, has received many five-star reviews from both readers and reviewers in the U.S., Canada, and the United Kingdom. During the past 40 years, he has also been a metaphysician, uh, practicing Reiki, past life therapy, and shamanic healing, including distant healing with considerable success. And his website is www.georgeschwimmer.com. And George, welcome to the X-Zone. Hi, Rob. Good to be with you. Tell us about your book, Doppelganger. Well, uh, originally I did not intend to write a book. I did not intend to do any research. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the fall of uh, 2009, I was writing a screenplay about uh, attempted assassination, and I remember Oswald, and I hadn't read anything about uh, him and the assassination probably in 30 years, and I thought, well, uh, I think I'll go and read a a book about it. Maybe it'll help me. There'll be something in there I could use in the screenplay, Mm -hmm. and and I read uh, the first book, and uh, my reaction was I was confused, and uh, I was disturbed. And uh, so I got hold of another book, and another book, and that went on for that went on for the next six years. My gosh! And uh, uh, fortunately, uh, the internet is a, an incredible resource, mm-hmm. and there's all kinds of uh, factual material that uh, various researchers have uh, put on the internet, uh, including uh, all of the testimony of the Warren Commission uh, uh, witnesses. Uh, FBI reports, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And I started doing the research, and uh, I found some very strange things. Tell us about the strange things that you found. Okay. The first thing was Lee Harvey Oswald, quote, in quotes, mm-hmm. because that's not his real name, but that's the name he was using uh, for the four months or three months before the assassination, Lee Harvey Oswald started popping all over the place. In New Orleans, in uh, uh, Houston, in Dallas a number of times. Uh, The big one was Mexico City uh, and and other places. So there was something like, I don't know, 12 to 18 different Lee Harvey Oswalds. Well, that was pretty pretty peculiar, and uh, nobody who... Uh, made a record of this in in books that I read, uh, could make very much sense out of it, except uh, uh, a few researchers who uh, thought, well, somebody has to be impersonating him, which is very peculiar because the uh, Warren Commission said uh, uh, that uh, Lee Harvey Oswald was a lone nut. Well, how could a lone nut be impersonated by 12 to 18 people? So that, that was uh, one, one thing. The, the second thing that I discovered was when I started reading different accounts of Oswald, he was at one time or another different height, different weight, different colors eyes. Uh, uh, he, he did or did not have a mastoidectomy a scar over his left ear. 
Uh, he did or did not drink. Uh, he did or did not talk about his family. Uh, he was uh, pleasant. No, he wasn't. He was nasty. He was a, he was a drunk. No, he was a, a teetotaler. Well, you can see that doesn't make any sense, right? Well, I'm confused at this point myself. Yeah, well, everybody was confused, and uh, I couldn't make any sense out of it, you know. Yeah. Uh, in fact, one of one of his ID cards shows the color of his eyes as hazel slash blue. I've never seen anything like that before, you know. You, you don't have to, you know, I know there are a few people in the world that have two-color eyes. Right. But uh, uh, the... Uh, uh, autopsy of uh, Oswald uh, showed he had two blue eyes. He did not have a hazel eye. So finally, uh, I came to the conclusion, okay, uh, there's something uh, fishy going on. And then eventually I ran across a little book called uh, The Second Plot by an English writer. And his thesis was there were two plots. One was to kill Kennedy and the other was to frame Oswald. And the light went on. I said, okay, now now we start seeing there's something fishy going on. And uh, then I ran across a book by a man named uh, John Armstrong, and it was called Harvey and Lee. And he had done, I don't know how many years research, but uh, the book is uh, virtually an encyclopedia. It's over a thousand pages long. Uh, and the pages are big and type is small and just enormous amount of information. And it became very clear at this point that there were two people with the name Lee Harvey Oswald. And that's when uh, things started to uh, clear up a little bit. And uh, eventually what I uh, uh, came to the conclusion was that uh, there were two people and the man who Jack Ruby murdered uh, on uh, November 24th was not Lee Harvey Oswald. He was an agent who had been recruited by the Office of Naval Intelligence and uh, they had sent him to Russia, and uh, in Russia he was run by the CIA, and he was brought back by the CIA uh, in, uh, I think that was 1962, in, in June of 1962. And up to that point, it was a complete uh, legitimate uh, intelligence operation. And apparently uh, both the uh, fake uh, Oswald, who I'll call Harvey from now on, okay. and the real Lee and the real Lee Oswald, who I'll call Lee, had been recruited, uh, and this is a little bit strange, uh, but they had somehow been recruited uh, when they were about 11, 12 years old. And that seems peculiar uh, until you start reading uh, a few things uh, about them. And one of them was that uh, his uncle, the real Lee, uh, was a, a member of the uh, mob in the New Orleans uh, he was close with uh, uh, Car uh, Carlos Marcelo, uh, who was the mob boss in New Orleans. And uh, this man, uh, uh, Dutz Moret, his daughter, Marilyn, was a CIA operative. And uh, then uh, his uh, oldest brother uh, had been uh, in the uh, – had first been in uh, – uh, the Marine Corps Reserve, and then he had uh, uh, dropped out and joined uh, the uh, 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 Coast Guard. And uh, he was working in uh, uh, Manhattan uh, with the uh, 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 FBI and other intelligence agencies. 
And then his uh, second oldest brother, Robert, had joined the Marines. And then Lee had joined the Marines. And uh, Harvey had joined the Marines. And the Office of Naval, uh, Naval Intelligence, well, the Navy is in charge of the Marines. So I am figuring... Uh, okay, uh, there there has been information, although the ONI refuses to uh, confirm it, but uh, uh, a lot of researchers have said that there was a false defector program uh, in place uh, at the time these uh, two uh, boys and then young men uh, had been recruited. And the purpose of this was to uh, give Harvey a background. And uh, so Harvey used the background of Lee Oswald and the reason that they used Harvey, who apparently was a Hungarian uh, immigrant, the reason they used uh, Harvey was because he spoke fluent Russian. All right, we're going and, to have to have a little bit of a cliffhanger here because I do have to take my break at this time, George. Please stand by. Exonation, my guest this hour is George Schwimmer, and his website is George, S-C-H-W-I-M-M-E-R.com. That's George Schwimmer. Com. And George and I will be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. I'm Rob McConnell. If you'd like to send me an email, my address is, and it has been for the past 30 years doing this show, exxon at exxonradiotv.com. Welcome back, everyone. George Schwimmer is our special guest this hour. He's the author of Doppelganger, and his website is www.georgeschwimmer.com. George, before, in the previous segment, you were telling us that all these Lee Harvey Oswalds were popping up all over the place. And were these the same two that that we're talking about now, one called Lee Lee, uh, Harvey, and then there's Lee? Or are there more Lee Harvey Oswalds out there that we don't know about yet? Yeah. See, see the, the assassination plot was uh, run by the CIA, by, not the CIA as an organization, but by uh, rogue agents uh, in the CIA. And uh, one of the things that people don't really bring out, and I just want to mention here, mm-hmm. is that an organization, an intelligence organization like the CIA, uh, one of their main uh, tools is confusion and disinformation and, of course, uh, any kind of lies. And in the case of uh, Harvey, 
what is called a legend. And they invent this life story for this individual. Now, the reason they invented the, uh, the life story uh, for Harvey instead of just recruiting Lee was apparently because Harvey spoke fluent Russian. Now, one of the things that I eventually, in order to go and uh, untangle this enormous mess, because there's about five different plots going on at the same time, one of the plots was, uh, as I've mentioned, is having these two boys who grow up and both of them join the Marines and so on Mm -hmm. and have their lives intertwined. And so, for example, the story of uh, began in New Orleans with Lee, and then Lee eventually came to New York City. At that point, Harvey was there uh, living in what's called Little Hungary on the east side of New York. And so their lives from that point on were intertwined. And so they were always in the same city roughly at the same time. And so by the time that uh, Harvey... Uh, uh, when when Harvey joined and uh, Lee joined, they both joined about the same time, but apparently there were two sets of records, and uh, the uh, FBI wasn't able to go and uh, destroy and hide all the records, and there's indications uh, that they uh, were at uh, different uh, places at different times. Uh, Lee went to Japan, and uh, Harvey, uh, after he was, and both of them were trained in uh, radar, and uh, Harvey, uh, about a year after his basic training, was pulled out of the Marines and was trained by the CIA and maybe the ONI. But anyway, he was trained as an uh, intelligence agent with the, the purpose of sending him to Russia as a false defector. And so they went along their, their course in the Marines until about the middle of uh, 1958. And at that point, uh, Lee came back from Japan and disappeared, and Harvey took his place. And, of course, nobody knew this, but that, that's what happened. And then from that point on, Harvey started talking about, uh, you know, uh, supporting Russia and supporting Castro and, and supposedly learning uh, Russian, which is ridiculous because the Russian is one of the hardest languages uh, uh, to learn. And the idea that uh, uh, he was a, a high school dropout, he only had two years of high school, uh, that a high school dropout is going to teach himself how to speak fluent Russian mm-hmm. is nonsense. But that's what the Warren Commission uh, claimed. And uh, so this this is how their, their lives became intertwined. Okay, so back to your question. So that was one stream of uh, disinformation uh, is uh, the quote Lee Harvey Oswald. Then the other, these imposters that uh, showed up, uh, the the people who were uh, running uh, uh, Harvey, uh, his main handler was a man named uh, David uh, uh, Atlee Phillips, and uh, he was an ex- expert at disinformation. And apparently he wanted to make a case that uh, not only had uh, Harvey uh, defected to the Soviet Union, but he wanted to make him uh, uh, slightly crazy and also a spy for uh, both Russia and Cuba. And so they made up this story that uh, he went to Mexico City and he was at the Soviet embassy and the Soviet embassy hired him to kill Kennedy. And then he also went to the Cuban embassy and that whole story is phony. And so you, you have all of these 
uh, Make Believe, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Lee Harvey Oswalds, and uh, these stories are pretty well documented in most of the the books about the uh, the assassination. But that 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 was two separate streams of two separate Harvey, two separate Oswalds. All right. Where did the connection come in where Lee Harvey Oswald was selected to assassinate President Kennedy? Okay, that came from uh, um, what is called what was called Operation Forty. Operation Forty was set up by the CIA. Mm -hmm. uh, you're probably aware of the fact that uh, in the, after uh, Castro took power. Uh, and uh, the Bay of uh, Pigs uh, debacle, yep. uh, the CIA wanted to go and uh, do it again. And so they started training all kinds of uh, people, mostly uh, uh, anti-Castro uh, Cuban exiles uh, in Miami and some in New Orleans yeah. uh, to be uh, another force to uh, invade or to infiltrate uh, Cuba. And among these attempts, they set up the, what was called Operation 40, and these were mostly anti-Castro people, but not all of them. Uh, some were uh, uh, Americans, and uh, I don't know if the whole group of 40 was uh, trained, but uh, uh, a lot of them were trained to be assassins. And the purpose of the assassins was to eventually go to Cuba and assassinate uh, Castro. And what ultimately uh, happened was that the CIA renegades took Operation 40 and turned it around from instead of assassinating Castro, they assassinated Kennedy. And now uh, when uh, Lee Oswald came back from Japan and Harvey took his place, he apparently went to uh, the uh, Monterey uh, Army Language School because uh, in 1963, uh, some women met him and they said he spoke fluent Spanish. And the only way he could have uh, spoken fluent Spanish, because he had no Spanish background, was to be trained uh, by this language school. So uh, my theory of this is that he came back from Japan, went to this language school, and then he was sent down to Florida to help train uh, uh, anti-Castro Cuban exiles uh, in uh, the Everglades. And then uh, sometimes he was also uh, seen in uh, uh, New Orleans. And, uh, he, and in fact, he was uh, seen a couple of times in New Orleans while Harvey was in Russia. And so here's another instance of uh, uh, two Oswalds, one, one's in Russia and one's in New Orleans buying Jeeps for Castro. Okay, so am I to understand that, that okay, so, the, so Lee Harvey Oswald was trained by the CIA after his stint in the in the Marines. Okay. So right. he's, so this, you know, in order for this to be plausible, they, right. this would have had to have been planned even prior to the election of president Kennedy. It probably was, but as I, as I said to begin with, this was yeah. not, this was not planned and uh, executed to assassinate the Kennedy. The, the original plan was simply, uh, apparently, uh, Alan Dulles, who at that time, I think, was a deputy uh, director of the CIA, and then right, later he yeah. became the director of the CIA. Uh, I found uh, uh, somewhere that uh, uh, Dulles had gotten fascinated with the idea of using twins in intelligence work. 
And I believe that uh, this uh, idea of two Lee Harvey Oswalds came out of that uh, somehow or other. And so this was not uh, – these, these uh, two guys were not picked uh, with the idea of Kennedy being assassinated. They were picked to go and do intelligence work. They were recruited by the ONI, which was interested in the false defector program. Uh, Harvey went over there to be a false defector. This was a legitimate intelligence operation. He was there for 32 months. Uh, he was not terribly successful, so the CIA eventually pulled him back to the United States. And until uh, he came back in June of 1962, and until the end of April of uh, 1963, he was still doing a legitimate intelligence work. At this point, he was also an informant for the FBI, uh, first in Dallas, and then he was sent to uh, New Orleans. And then the, uh, starting in New Orleans uh, is when he started becoming uh, what is called sheep-dipped. And uh, he, uh, Harvey, uh, went around uh, uh, stating his uh, uh, admiration for Fidel Castro. He was on uh, uh, radio. He was on TV. He was handing out leaflets in New Orleans and uh, claiming to be this uh, lover of Castro and uh, uh, setting up a branch of uh, uh, some uh, pro-Castro yeah. organization All right. uh, in New Orleans. Okay, stand by, George. I've got to take my news break at the bottom of the hour. And Exo Nation, George Schwimmer and I will return on the other side of this news break as we continue here in the X-Zone with yours truly Rob McConnell from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. You keep pushing me aside and I can't break through. There's no talking to you. Back, everyone. George Schwimmer is my special guest this hour, and we're talking about George's book entitled Doppelganger. Now, George, where can the listeners get a copy of your book? It's on Amazon, and uh, the full title is uh, Doppelganger, The Legend of Lee Harvey Oswald. All right. Now, we've had many people on the show in the past who and we even had Lee Harvey Oswald's girlfriend on. We also had his wife on. Uh, we've had, uh-huh. yeah, we've had members of the CIA on. We've had members of the FBI on. We've had members of the District Attorney's Office uh, from the from New Orleans on the show, and nobody right. has has made any mention of of a possible more than one. Lee Harvey Oswald. So how could this be accomplished? Uh, I don't know about the people that you've had on your show, but mm-hmm. as I said, 
there are facts which have been published repeatedly over and over again about the differences in the uh, records, in the physical uh, uh, description of uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. Uh, uh, there was one uh, by uh, Jim Mars. Uh, you may be familiar with him. I know Jim. Uh, he was a long time. Yeah, I'm, I'm very familiar with. Time, I'm very familiar with Jim. He's been research. on. The, he's a been on. He, researcher. He, he had he had a paragraph in his book where he said that people who uh, ran into uh, Lee Harvey Oswald in quotes uh, in uh, 1962-63 described him as unkempt, dirty, uh, a swearing hard drinker. Mm-hmm. Well, everything we know about Harvey Oswald was he was always neat. All of his photographs show him with a nice white shirt and a necktie and clean and shaven. He was known to be uh, uh, to uh, not be a person who swore. Mm-hmm. He was a teetotaler. And so you, you have these uh, completely contradictory how do, how do you go and, and reconcile contradictions like that? How do you reconcile a guy uh, who's 165 pounds one day and he's 132 pounds the next day? All right, let me, ask you, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. All right. How many yeah. different sources did you get that information from? Was it only from Jim, uh, Jim Mars? Oh, no, no. I, I, I read uh, 60 books, okay. and they all, uh, uh, not, not only uh, from the books, but uh, the people who knew him, and uh, for example, now I don't remember the guy's name. I didn't put his name in the book because it wasn't relevant. But one of his uh, uh, buddies, so, supposedly his buddies, uh, of uh, a quote Lee Harvey Oswald in Japan, mm-hmm. uh, was interviewed. Uh, I can't remember the interviewer. Somebody like uh, Jim Mars, and uh, he flatly said the guy I knew in Japan was not the guy who uh, Jack Ruby shot. In, in the basement uh, of the police station. Okay, now here, let me and, ask you this. Let me ask you this, okay? How yeah. could this be perpetrated on national television when the chain of custody and the identification of Lee Harvey Oswald was confirmed by the CIA, by the FBI, and the murder was witnessed around the world? Okay. Uh, first of all, nobody knew then about except the CIA and the ONI and the FBI, maybe. Uh, nobody knew about the real Lee Harvey Oswald, the Oswald, okay? The only person that the world knew mm-hmm. starting when he, quote, defected to Russia, which was in September of 1959, Harvey was the only person that anybody knew about that. So as far as, uh, you know, going from one to the other, there yeah. is a clear record of Harvey going to Russia, of Harvey being in Russia, of Harvey coming back with Marina in June, and of uh, going uh, uh, to Fort Worth to stay with his brother and his so-called mother, uh, who was another phony, and uh, so on. So, I mean, that whole story, the legend, which I mentioned, Mm -hmm. the term legend, is very clear. It was intended to be a legend. 
you weren't supposed to know about the original Lee Oswald. But with all okay? the disinformation out there, how do we know that the information on the multiple Oswalds is true and not just fiction made up in order to sell books or to cast out into the government and the actual assassination of the president? Disinformation. How do we know? Because, because all of that information is in the Warren Report. Uh, the uh, IDs that I mentioned, the ID where he is, uh, he's got two different colored eyes, mm -hmm. uh, another ID where he is uh, five foot 11 and uh, 145 pounds. Uh, that is all in the Warren Commission report. Then how come, uh, all of, then how come this hasn't all, come up before? If all this information that you're telling us tonight was in the Warren Commission, then how come the twin theory or multiple... Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald theory hasn't come up before now. Oh, it came, it came up before, but not the way that I'm describing it now. The original, uh, all, all of those things that I mentioned, and mm -hmm. I can mention others, uh, of these uh, phony Lee Harvey Oswalds are in the Warren uh, Commission, either the report or in the 26 volumes. I don't know which one. Right. But all that information was available and is, is available uh, if you want to go and uh, read uh, the uh, 26 volumes uh, uh, of of the report. Listen, I'm I'm not so, uh, I'm not doubting you that it's there, but however, no, no. as 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 somebody sitting on the outside who has worked in government law enforcement, I find right. this very hard to understand that the information that you're talking about is actually in the Warren Commission, and yep. that. Basically, what we're talking about here is a major conspiracy within the government. No, originally there was not a major conspiracy. Originally, as I said, uh, Harvey and Lee were recruited and run as legitimate intelligence uh, operation. Uh, and in fact, his uh, his cousin Marilyn, who I mentioned early on, yeah. uh, knew about knew about this. And uh, uh, a reporter uh, uh, was uh, told uh, by a, a CIA informant that Marilyn had helped to go and facilitate Harvey's uh, uh, trip to Russia. So this was up to the up to April of 1963. Hmm. Harvey was being run as a legitimate intelligence agent. He was he was then sent to New Orleans with the idea, which I don't know if it was legitimate or not, but this is what he thought it was going to happen, uh, that he was going to be uh, sheep dipped to be a, uh, a Cuban sympathizer, a Castro sympathizer, and that he would eventually be sent to uh, Cuba uh, to try to assassinate Castro. So up to that point, and as far as Harvey knew, and as far as the world eventually knew, this was a legitimate intelligence operation. This was not an operation set up originally to kill President Kennedy. Now, where Harvey came in was when he came back from Russia, the CIA did not trust him because he came back alive. Uh -huh. and, so, and so they decided, apparently, that uh, he was expendable. And the, the plot that they had come up with was that there would be a patsy. And the patsy would, all, everything would be dumped on the patsy. 
And in fact, there were, there were originally four plots, apparently. Uh, I think this is according to Richard Case Nagel. And uh, the, the first plot was in Chicago, and Harvey may have stopped it because an informant uh, called the FBI, an informant named Lee called the FBI, and the FBI notified the Secret Service and told him there was going to be an assassination attempt uh, in October in Chicago, and the Secret Service uh, managed to catch two of the people. And, uh, of course, they never talked, and so they had to let them go. So that was the first attempt. And then uh, Miguel said there were three other uh, planned attempts. One was in Miami, and the reason that didn't take place was because the chief of police, when Kennedy came in, refused to have a parade, refused to have a motorcade, and they took uh, Kennedy by helicopter to wherever he was speaking. So then the third one was in Dallas, and if that hadn't worked, uh, there were, they were recruiting, uh, uh, they were trying to recruit people, according wow. to Miguel, uh, in Los Angeles. And so, uh, this, this, but so it, you know, the Kennedy conspiracy. Yeah. I don't know how far back it goes because it's impossible to tell. But I'm pretty sure that by the middle of 1962, uh, it was uh, in the works. All and right, they were St- looking for Patsy, and uh, Harvey was it. All right, stand by. We've got to take our final break for this hour. Exo Nation. George Schwimmer's our guest this hour. www.georgeschwimmer.com, and we'll be back wrapping up this hour here in the Exxon with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. This is a twist to the Kennedy assassination and Lee Harvey Oswald that, after doing this show for 30 years, I've never heard about. We'll be back. Don't go away. Explanation, George Schwimmer is our guest this hour. We're talking about his new book entitled Doppelganger. It's available on Amazon.com. George, why why was Lee Harvey Oswald selected by the CIA to assassinate President Kennedy? Okay, first of all, as I, as I mentioned, uh, he was in the Marines, mm-hmm. and he had a great deal of admiration for his brother, Robert, who was, I think, uh, about four years older. And uh, when his uh, brother joined the Marines, uh, uh, Lee, when he was, you know, just 12 uh, or 13, uh, he wanted to join the Marines. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there was this thing about Lee wanting to be in the Marines. And uh, so he was in the Marines and he he served uh, there. 
And as I mentioned, uh, he was not specifically, uh, I don't know if he was specifically, wait, okay, let me go back. Okay. I, as I said with the CIA, that what, what they're concerned with is confusion and disinformation. Mm-hmm. Now, let me explain what happened with Lee and Harvey at the time of the assassination. At the time of the assassination, when the first shot rang out, Harvey was standing on the steps outside the uh, Texas School Book Depository, and he told that to the uh, Captain Fritz, who was the homicide, uh, the, the head of the homicide department. Uh, the, 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 uh, the Warren Commission refused to believe that, and they said it was somebody else. Now, based on in interviews which are in the Warren files, there were witnesses who saw a man in the sixth floor southwest window of the Texas School Book Depository. Harvey Oswald in the so-called sniper's nest was supposedly in the east, southeast window uh, on the sixth floor. So Lee was seen on the southwest uh, uh, sixth floor. After he fired one or two shots, there was another man with him, a spotter, and he was seen also by witnesses. And that there were two men seen, both the shooter and the spotter in the southeast window. After Lee fired a couple of shots, he went down the stairs and he went down to the second floor. He went into the uh, lunchroom of uh, the the second floor lunchroom, Mm -hmm. bought a Coke, took the cap off the Coke, walked into a large office space, at which point he was seen by a lady named Mrs. uh, Reed. And uh, she passed him, and he walked by her, muttering something to her. He went down a flight of stairs to the main floor. When he got to the bottom of the, 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 the stairs, he went into a small storeroom. He was seen in the small storeroom by the vice president, a man named Campbell, and uh, one or two other people with him. He, uh, he later told the Herald, Herald Tribune. He was then seen, according to Dallas Morning News, by the uh, superintendent of the building, uh, a man named Truly, mm-hmm. and he was also seen by a police officer who was uh, named Marion Baker. He then went out the, out the door. Uh, Baker stopped him and, and uh, Truly said, oh, he works here, which is a lie, because that was Lee. It was not Harvey. And so Lee went out the door. And he met a um, uh, 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 NBC journalist, uh, it was uh, Jim McNeil, right outside the door. He then, went, he then went down the steps and he was seen by three women who were familiar with him, who were uh, dress workers. They were uh, across the street on the second uh, floor looking out at the parade. And they saw uh, Jack Ruby hand uh, Lee Oswald a pistol. Jack Ruby uh, walked away. Lee went somewhere for a few minutes. And then about five minutes later, he ran down a small uh, uh, incline of grass and jumped into a green uh, Nash Rambler with a uh, chrome rooftop and went roaring off to the Oak Cliff section. And there are five witnesses to that. 
there are witnesses to virtually everything starting from when Lee was first seen at 12.15 uh, p.m. by uh, two or three witnesses, and his entire route is witnessed. And that's all in the Warren report. Then who killed Kennedy? According, according to the information, I uh, was able to obtain there were at least uh, seven or eight shooters. There was one shooter who was on the South Knoll, mm-hmm. and it was probably Frank Sturgis. Uh, the next was on the west end of the Grassy Knoll, and uh, a man named James Files uh, has admitted to being the shooter who fired the last shot. The next uh, shooter uh, was uh, probably a Sicilian uh, hitman who was standing at the other end of the um, this, uh, stockade fence. Then there was Lee in the upper window and the other guy in the upper window. And then there was another Sicilian shooter on the second floor of the Dell Tex building. And uh, the final one was on a roof of the uh, records building. And uh, years later, a shell uh, from a rifle was found uh, hidden under uh, something on there. So we know there was there was a shooter there. And then also years later, a young man with a uh, metal detector was uh, looking, I don't know what for, uh, behind the, the uh, picket fence. And he found a shell casing which had teeth marks on it. And he took it uh, to uh, somebody who his father knew uh, was a dentist. And the man said, yes, these are teeth marks. And uh, James Files uh, uh, said uh, to an interviewer that after he had fired the final shot, and he didn't know why, he bit the, the, uh, uh, the, the shell casing, and that's where the teeth came from. All right, but and we, don't, we are, don't know for a fact whether or not that was the shell casing and the teeth marks because no, there was no comparison. It's, no, it's a hypothetical no, possibility. Yeah. It, it is a hypothetical possibility. With, with now, all I this, with, out, with all, I, I want to point my out. time is my time is going very fast here. My question is: with all the information that yeah. apparently is in the Warren Commission, how come right. nobody has been arrested? If in fact there was a major conspiracy, and if there were in fact others involved, I'm sorry. What was your question again? Why? Hasn't anyone been arrested if all the information that you have told us today was in the Warren Commission? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, yes, it does. Uh, How? There, were, there, are, there are many books that uh, will uh, describe to you how witnesses were murdered for years afterwards. For you know, not only uh, the, the year after the murder, uh, but uh, later when the uh, uh, House committee uh, investigated, there were other murders. And there's a whole book written by Richard Belzer. It's called Hit List. Mm-hmm. And I think he lists 67 people uh, who uh, may have been uh, murdered uh, because they knew something about uh, uh, the assassination. So, uh, but the other thing you have to keep in mind is all of these people, the, the top people, uh, who knows who they really were. But the people on, on the lower level, uh, let's say, for example, uh, detectives, or FBI agents, mm-hmm. uh, or uh, CIA agents, their jobs are on the line. Their lives are on the line. They know that if they talk, they're going to be killed because well, they know that some people were killed. Here's something very strange that that I think 
puts question into all of this, what we've been talking about this, after, this okay. evening, is the CIA has no jurisdiction and cannot legally operate within the United States. And they yet, have been operating in the United States since about 1950. Then how come, knowing this, they're still permitted to do what they do, and how come if the CIA was responsible for the assassination of President John F. Kennedy, that the CIA hasn't been held accountable for it? Because everybody wanted Kennedy dead. I don't think everybody. Well, I'll tell you who wanted him dead. The the, uh, exiles from uh, uh, Cuba were furious with him because he had not, not provided air cover for the Bay of Pigs, okay? The CIA uh, wanted him dead because Kennedy said he would break the CIA into a thousand pieces he should uh, have. after the Bay of, uh, Bay of Pigs uh, invasion. He should have. Uh, what? I said he should have. He should have, but uh, he was going to, yeah. and he actually started. Uh, he transferred some of the CIA's responsibilities to the uh, Pentagon. Before he was killed. All right, George, I hate uh, to do this, but we've run out of time for tonight and ExoNation. If you'd like more information about our guest this hour, George Schwimmer, visit his website at www.georgeschwimmer.com. Are you a believer or are you a skeptic? In this case, I'm very skeptical of this information. I really am. Because if all this information is out there, I mean, if it's really out there by credible sources, how come nobody even all these years later, has been held accountable. And I, for one, know for a fact that just because it's on the Internet does not mean it is true. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Whatever you do, don't go away. The man the current thing. goes on the beat goes on